All right, guys, thanks a lot for downloading this episode of the New Blood Rising podcast. Uh, I want to take a moment and talk with you guys here for a bit because it has once again been a little bit of time since our last episode, to say the least. And uh, yeah, I, to, to go through the whole thing, it'd be its own podcast on its own, right? You guys don't want to listen to me by myself that long. But let's just fa- let's just come right out with it. COVID-19 definitely changed uh, a lot of things for, for all three of us involved with the podcast. I know Charlie and Jason have had to make, they've had their lives, their lives change, and uh, they're going to be continuing to change as they start to restabilize here with uh, where things are at this summer and everything and beyond. My son is standing in the window. It's funny, and the neighbors can see it, so they must think we're a bunch of crazy people, bad parents. But Liam, he's got good balance. You see, he can be, he's going to be doing old school in just a few, I, I guarantee in a few months, Liam could do old school. But anyway, so with COVID-19, uh, unfortunately, my, uh, my family had to move. We had to move. My wife lost her. She didn't lose her job. Her, her pay got significantly cut to a point where we, um, we were forced to move because she got a new job. We're very fortunate. Like, compared to a lot of cases, I know that we are very fortunate in that she was able to get a new job. It did require us to move. A lot of things have happened. It's been a whirlwind of the last uh, 60 days or so where we've had to move out of one house, which was, is, our, is a process in its own right, move into another, get settled in, start selling one house, start trying to, uh, trying to build another, all the while trying to get my employment kind of a little bit more under control again since mine has definitely changed because we've had to move it's just been a lot of a lot of change and uh fortunately we had recorded this ron simmons episode uh and so that we could have some content unfortunately i couldn't get it out as quickly as i wanted to i (laughs) i jokingly referred to this episode when i was editing i was like this kind of became the New Blood Simmonsocracy, which is kind of a dumb way of saying it was like our Chinese democracy, the Guns N' Roses album that felt like it was coming out for 20 years. <laughs> there was always like a monthly or yearly update, like, oh, maybe this will be the year. And I feel like we've had this episode on the, on the books ready to go to record it and to get it out to you guys since February. I think you can go back to February with some of our episodes like oh yeah we got this ron simmons special we want to do and we just (laughs) maybe it would have been funnier if we just kept talking about this elusive special until it finally came out but (laughs) regardless we recorded this a week before memorial day which feels like just an eternity ago with everything that's happened uh, especially with what happened with george floyd what's happened with with covid like really coming back to the the forefront again there's just been so many things that have changed since then. So, you know, that's why, um, that's why even our tone just feels completely different because it, it, the things hadn't really reached the worst and we'll see if they are, if they have by this point. But, uh, this was a fun episode to do. I just apologize for the fact that it's a little late. And I will say for you guys, when you listen to this, I say here at one point, cause I was, I was thinking about this before I hit, uh, while I was editing at least that first core part, I was like, you know, I say in here that Jim Ross recorded the commentary after the fact. 
He might have been at the event, but he recorded the commentary afterwards. And I was wondering to myself, I was like, I wonder if that's accurate, because if he's there, they're filming this for TV, I mean, it, it, it would make sense if he actually recorded the commentary live as well. So that may be an error on my part. I've, I, I know I'm, I make them, I make them probably every episode, but uh, I definitely wanted to say it at the forefront, because I was like, man, that, I don't know, that, that one could go either way. I thought I had read, though, that he had, he, he had done the commentary after the fact, but again, maybe wrong on it. I welcome the feedback on that portion of the, um, of the pod and everything. What I also wanted to say here at the front is I wanted to take a moment and I wanted to throw some praise down for Henry from the Raw Attitude podcast because I, I just finished the King of the Ring Monday Night Raw Super episode with Sal, which by the way, I'll tell you guys, when you listen to those episodes with Sal and Adam, those are some of the best on there. I love it. When I love doing the show. I know Martin has loved doing the show. It's just, it is definitely special with those guys when they're doing it with Henry. Those are really, really good episodes, and this one was no exception. It is excellent. It is a great episode of that pod. But uh, I know Henry's going to be taking some time away. He has recently had a child. Uh, it is time to spend some time with a child just and to have some family time, and I really respect that. Uh, and I really respect the run that he put in with those first 80 episodes, 80 episodes. And you know, when we started this five years ago, there were a crop of pods that came up with us. There were a few that stuck around, a few that haven't. And one of them has been, has been Henry from the Ride of Two Pod. Like, I'm so thankful that show has kept on going. I thought it was important just to, to throw that out in the beginning here because even with some, uh, some time away, I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna miss that pod. I'm gonna miss it a lot, but you know, it's, it's for a great reason. And we look forward to you coming back, Henry. We look forward to the rest of your journey through the Attitude Era. It is definitely one of the highlights of my playlist when I build up a good catalog of those and I go out on a trip and I just, I just let Henry go through it because I'll tell you, and if if you're thinking about start if you're thinking about starting a pod, whether it's solo, or whether it's with a group, you can learn a lot by listening to him because he takes a lot of time to prep. I know he's told you about it recently, like how much, literally how many hours. But what's interesting is just the level of detail, like finding a moment and digging in. We have the power. I mean, literally in my hand right now, recording as I'm recording this, it's more power than the lunar landing. I know that was thrown out there years ago, but the fact that Henry uses that and is able to dig in on, on a lot of these little things that happen and finding out the backstory and connecting dots. I, I just, I just, I love that pod. I, I learn a lot just in terms of not, not only the content, but also how to get better at doing this pod and being a better co-host to Jason and to Charlie. So enjoy your time away, Henry, and we look forward to you coming back. So with all that being said, guys, it is time to launch into this. So before we do last thing, I'll say this episode's coming out here um, in, in mid-July. We're looking at hopefully next week I say mid-July. I mean, we're this is July 10th as I'm recording this. So hopefully in a week, we're going to be able to start getting Clash of 20 under our belts. I think that's our next episode here for Season 5. Now that hopefully, hopefully we've got a little bit more stability between the three of us because that's our end goal is to have all three of us recording it. So 
that's what we're going to try and do. So hopefully Clash 20 will be the next thing you hear within the next couple weeks after we have it recorded. It's a lofty goal right now, but we're gonna try and shoot for maybe two episodes a month. We'll see if that works out. With all that being said, thank you all so much for downloading, for subscribing. If you can, please go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, and let us know what you think of the show. Let's get into some Ron Simmons talk. Coming back at you next. Anybody that has been in this business, whether it be male or female, they strive to get to the pinnacle of in their career, and that is becoming world champion. And 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 it will always hold a special place in my heart. And you know, it it, it, it continues to this day to resonate with me as if it was just you know happened last week. And it hold and then not only that it holds a special place and meaning more than just becoming world champion is to have others come up to me now and say, hey, Ron, thank you for inspiring me not only to get into this business, but inspiring me to go on to do things that I've had reservations about doing in life. So you can't ask for a better compliment than that and then to have purpose in what you did. So I, I can't express to you enough, you know, that that means to me to hear people say that. So it, yes, it, I relive it all the time. special because we're all together again this is a proper season five episode here it's a special season five episode as we're going to be talking about a special event that takes place between our last episode which was the great american bash 92 and what our next episode is which is clash of the champions 20 
We're going to be talking about the night Ron Simmons made history and he defeats Big Van Vader and becomes the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. I'm Willie Rankin, and here is Jason Kiesler. How's it going, everybody? Charlie Stabile. Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> and it's, it's so we get too far. I just gotta say, I'm trying to not laugh so hard to let people know. So Charlie's doing his own separate recording for his audio, and he wanted Will to count down. And so Will does a countdown, and like two seconds after Will says record, I heard a click, like someone was pressing the key to record, and I almost lost it. It was like that Rick and Morty where Rick like flipped the switch on the left, and you hear like the switch go off, and then the other switch, and he wound up killing all those people by accident. Like, <laughs> record. I've been trying not to bust out laughing. It is a loud clicker. I should have just done the double tap. <laughs> Will goes, record. It's like, did it take two seconds for Will's words to get to you? <laughs> See, that's what's, that's what's weird. Like, I'm willing to bet there is some kind of delay like an, on all three parts, and yet it always comes out sounding fine. I, that's so real, that's here, the part I don't get. What's interesting, so here's what's interesting is whenever – the reason it's always good to export as a WAV file is because whenever it's compressed as an MP3 – and Henry, for example, with his pod, he knows exactly what I'm talking about when I'm going to be talking about this. And some of you other guys out there that do pods, when you have somebody who gives you an MP3 and you have yours just in the whatever raw format on your thing, because it's compressed, because an MP3 by nature, and you guys all know this, it's it's a compressed file. And that's why, it, you know, when you listen to it very closely, like it doesn't sound quite as good maybe as a, a record or like a vinyl or a, a CD quality, whatever, because it's compressed. What it also does, though, is it's it's hard as hell to sync what will happen is like we'll be together and it'll be fine and then all of a sudden like one of us will jump like behind ahead and it's i have you have to trim but it's a freaking mess it really is it's funny as hell really whenever yeah yeah so like that's why that's why whenever i tell you like oh if you can put it out as a wave file you know that's that's better that's better because then it's uncompressed it's big i mean it's a big file but it's uncompressed so that's yeah, great con. This is some great content here for season five. We're talking about the, you know the behind the scenes of podcasting. I hope everybody's enjoying this. Um, I hope you appreciate the pros and cons of the MLB versus the wave. Here's the thing: it's a, it's a podcast on the fly about a miracle moment that apparently happened on the fly. It wasn't supposed to yeah. be seen by people. So, True. so bring it back. Let's dig into it. So what I want to, Jason, starting with you, what do you feel like, like, what are your initial thoughts, feelings on what we've seen of Ron Simmons? We started with Great American Bash 90. We are now at, we're now kind of in mid-year 1992. What are your thoughts on Ron Simmons up to this point? I love the the beginning, I like for our starting point, is here's this dominant tag team that are heels, and they kind of have a couple of heel versus heel matches against the horsemen and then branch off and do their inevitable split. And here's Ron Simmons, clearly the guy that they're behind and pushing. And it, it works out great. He has that, you know, that big feud with, with Lex and you can get behind him and he feels like someone's there. And then for some reason, just kind of drops off the face of the planet for a long time with just more or less showcase matches until this. So, I mean, it, I was always like, as, as when I was a kid, once Ron Simmons was faced, I was all, I, I thought Ron Simmons was cool. Um, my aunt uh, worked 
I went to high school with him and worked at a car dealership and he was WCW superstars were there giving out autographs and she got me an autographed picture of him and for my birthday and sent it to me, you know, months early, but it was cool. It was like, here's Ron Simmons. And the cool thing is, is this was Ron Simmons was a good guy, but clearly doom Ron Simmons because he's a cow, but <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. So it was just, it was neat. Like uh, Ron was, it, it, it felt like there was, you know, definitely should have been like a big U S championship run or something before this but you know that's what happens when you're in wcw in the 90s they don't know what to do with it. i like what jason said i think yeah if they had planned this out a u.s title run would have been a great way to kind of yes. start it up maybe feud with ravishing rick rude and uh stunning steve austin like i, I ron simmons and stunning steve austin i think could have had a great feud like it's one of those weird anomalies where it's like farouk and austin yeah, they kind of feuded, but it wasn't that great. But I think the characters of Ron Simmons and Stunning Steve could have been great. Uh, and that's kind of, I guess, what leads us to here, uh, where we get to see what it looks like to have Ron Simmons be the world champion. So here's here are the matches. And I'm starting with Halloween Havoc 91, because that's when he gets that first world title shot. He wrestles Luger, comes close, not doesn't quite get the belt. The next event is Clash 17. He's not on that show. Starcade 91, it's Battle Bowl. You know, he's in the tag with Tommy, with the uh, Wi-Fi Tommy Rich versus uh, PN News and and uh, <laughs> Brad Armstrong. And then you've got Clash 18. He's with he's with Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes versus, I think it's, it, yeah, it's Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zabisco. Super Brawl 2, he's against Cactus Jack. Wrestle War 92. He's against Mr. Hughes, Beach Blast, Terrence Taylor, and then Clash 19, not on the show, Great American Bash. I think he does a promo, and that's it. I think – I'm wondering if I, I – I'm trying to think. Did, did he not – I'm looking at this list. I'm like, I feel – I know I'm forgetting something. I think it's – didn't he tag with Junkyard Dog? There was that, yes, because Junkyard Dog came and saved him during yeah. a beatdown. Because remember, the they're really yeah. good friends conversation that we had yeah that must have i missed that in there but anyway you guys are getting the point when you look after luger every one of those matches they they're all like like pretty forgettable like i mean the cactus jack that's you know it's a it's a pretty good match you know it's fine but i remember i definitely remember that mr hughes match was a snoozer and the terry taylor is just a burial like just a straight up just squash but it's just funny that like it's i just wanted to illustrate what jason's saying is that you really didn't do – I mean, there are three of those shows he's not even on. He's not even wrestling. So it's like, what was going on with this guy? So this connects, though, with – of course, whenever there's a situation like this where you have this kind of talent that it seems like the direction is just kind of keeping so sharply, you have to look at, well, what's happening up top? Well, when you look at who's the executive vice president at WCW, so we are – we just said we're we're two years into this run. From it's basically July, July 90 to now we're in, you know, July, we're actually in August 92. So two years in, there are three executive vice presidents that have come and gone. And one is still with by this point, three. You had Jim Hurd from 89 to 92. We had poor uh, K. Allen Fry for just felt like a couple months in 92. And then Bill Watts after him. And Bill Watts is significant because he's the one who kind of it's it really is the, the just the perfect intersection of things. Um, let me ask you, how many 
how much have you guys watched or even looked up or how much do you know about with like mid south with him not none and i and i'm in the same boat like i know there's some stuff on the network now right i think there is some mid south stuff on the wwe network i haven't watched any of it i've i've always heard great things about if you want to see hacksaw jim duggan work for real if you want to see ted dibiase work as not the million dollar man it's awesome it's great stuff but the most prominent thing is the fact that Bill Watts, while running that, of course, and he had Jim Ross as commentator and told him, hey, I, I loved when <laughs> I loved learning that he's the one who pushed Jim Ross to do all the football references because he wanted them to, to convey that these guys are real athletes and everything. Like, Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, bud. <laughs> it wasn't so, obvious. <laughs> also pushing the GPA. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're smart to too. The in there. Yeah, yeah, they're smart. It's a smart uh, color. The most significant thing is the fact that he pushes Junkyard Dog. He takes him and you and really pushes him as the top star, which is significant because he's black, and that didn't happen a whole lot with wrestling promotions. Was to push a black star, and he did it predominantly in matches in the South. And reading some of the stories about just how rabid the fans were were, were great. Like when the Freebirds got, you know, always can't get away from them. They're just always around. They, um, there was at one point where like they had, they had injured Junkyard Dog and like it, like somebody, somebody was coming up to like punch him or whatever in a match, and like somebody from the crowd was like, like, don't worry, dog, I got a gun. He was like, yeah, wow, <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. That's that's wrestling, man. People bringing guns to protect the faces. That's awesome. But the COVID thing's a blessing. No crap. <laughs> the only reason I like the, the reason it's important to bring that up is just because he's when he comes in, he sees obviously some real talent, or at least sees something with Ron Simmons that he can he can use and duplicate that junkyard dog, like, you know, success that he had. By doing the same thing with him, and look, he he checks off all the he he's got all the bill he's got the Bill Watts checklist. Like he's a fantastic athlete, yes, real athlete at that, fantastic. And he's got an I mean the the thing about it that's interesting is he's not good on the mic really at all, but he's got a tremendous charisma with the fans. Like, and it's it's almost like a physical charisma where like it's like Luger to where like both those guys fire up so well. You know what I mean? Like whenever that guy gets hot, like that crowd just explodes. And it seemed like it was just like the, there was an opportunity that and I think we notice it like with especially that Great American Bash, Charlie, when we did that and he cuts that promo where he says, you know, I'm I'm going to be I'm taking on I'm you know, he's basically laying down the challenge for whoever the world champion is between Vader and Sting. Mm -hmm. So so uh that's what kind of brings us to this this moment. The, we're, this this event it takes place. I now here's the thing. The date on this is August second, nineteen ninety two. I can't. Remember, I don't know if that's when this was actually taped or if that's when it aired. But I'm gonna say that's probably when it aired. It was August second, nineteen ninety two. This is a freaking house show in Baltimore that this takes place at. And I told both of you guys like the crazy thing is like this match isn't even on the card. It wasn't at all. And it's really like I, you know what? I'll, I'll say. I mean, I'll get into stuff about the booking, I guess, a little bit after. But we're just setting the stage here where Vader has taken the belt off Sting, 
And I think on this night, he's, they're supposed to have a rematch for that title. Well, that doesn't happen because Jake the Snake comes out and ambushes Sting earlier on in the night. He makes his, his first appearance in WCW and takes out Sting. He injures him, and it sets up a, uh, I mean, a, a, a clash in no better place than Baltimore with Ron Simmons taking on Vader. So I guess at this point, let's just get into this match and just talk about it here. So Jason, to start with, what are some, what are your thoughts on, on this match? It's not very long. It's like a 13 minute match or so. What do you think about this? I do like a good Haas battle every once in a while, but this also kind of highlight the, the limitation of Haas fights back in the day. You know, like it is, you see a lot of punches and a lot of clotheslines. Um, and the the test of strength bit is really cool. I, I do like that because, or when they're doing that shoulder lockup, because you see like Vader pushing back and Ron is still higher up. So Vader's making Ron look like he's strong as shit. Um, even in that moment before everything. Um, and we get to just to piggyback off what you said a little bit ago. We get Jim Ross telling us that this is Colorado versus Florida State. <laughs> we got an offensive lineman versus line, right? I mean, like, just and, – and he's by – Jim Ross being by himself and not actually being there in the moment, you know, I'll give him some credit for it because he does put a lot of urgency and excitement in this match in times when there's not. Um, but I – one thing that, that really stood out for me was the point where Ron Simmons had beat Vader – to the you know and all these different moves to the point where Vader left the ring and it's not something you think about with monsters like that leaving the ring to catch a break um so I mean it's again and every every offensive move Ron Simmons does you would think it's like the 450 frog splash the crowd reaction and in the defense kicking out at one from the Vader splash kick out at one Wait, wait, a 450 frog splash? Yeah. <laughs> that would be so amazing. Wow. Right. Dad, thank you for catching that. Wow. I'm just picturing it. Like, the five-star 450 frog splash. Leg drop. Van Dam. Can you imagine Van Dam hits that, and he just, like, he just has a seizure out of the ring because he's, he's selling. Because he's he so sells it. <laughs> And it still only gets a two count. <laughs> and Taker's watching it. He's like, man, that's the one guy I never got to work with. <laughs> you see well, him right there? there cruise ship watching he, from a secret bunker. See him right there? He gets it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, cameraman, can you oh. see far enough up my nose? This angle, <laughs> all the underbooger like hanging out, just like Wait, Michelle, right Michelle, you watching this? Why not? Hey, hey, yes, hey, honey, I've got no choice because this awkward setup. <laughs> Michelle, would you like another oatmeal cream pie? I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go grab a couple little debbies. <laughs> hey, hey, Michelle, what's that say on your shirt? God is dope. <laughs> you calling God a dope? Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to bring the fire and fury on you. The hell does that mean? Shit. <laughs> but Ron that Simmons. a little more Walter Matthau. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau in the Boneyard match. There we go. Yeah. How's it going, Hey, Gustafson, what's my wife's name? 
<laughs> Stupid, put the fish in the tractor, it stinks. <laughs> they write you... in single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, can't talk anything good about Kevin Spacey, Charlie. Take that I know, but those impersonations are so good. <laughs> what the hell is this picture anyway? <laughs> hey, Gold. Hey, Gustafson. And that's when he turns around and all the druids come out with Burgess Meredith and Ozzy Davis to, to confront. <laughs> what? what the hell is a 450 frog splash anyway? Hmm? <laughs> Just getting started, Gustafson. <laughs> getting started. Oh, shut up, fat ass. <laughs> you know what I'm going to pin you with? A pound of bacon. Then you know what I'm going to celebrate with? A pound of bacon. A pound of bacon. And I'll be dead by the next scene because of a pound of bacon. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Do you know why he keeps wrestling? Because of his wife, Ariel. She wants yeah. to. <laughs> she was mine. <laughs> Grumpy Old Taker is the bomb. Grumpy Old Taker. <laughs> Dang, oh. dude, I can't wait till we try to duplicate our chemistry with that political thriller comedy thing we did. The, the name for my mind with Dan Aykroyd. Oh, my fellow Americans. There we go. Look at that. That's right. So Ron Simmons does the shoulder block from like two inches away. Yeah. Um, which Vader like no sells a lot of the moves in this. Um, and Jim, I love Jim Ross's Vader not feeling a thing because at the beginning of the match, Vader told us he fears no man and feels no pain. So, you know, why would a two inch shoulder block do any damage? Um, but I, Vader is billed at 448 pounds. Yeah. And I looked up because I was wanting to find out what Andre was billed at at WrestleMania. He was billed at over 500 pounds, but they still, Jim Ross does not do justice. The, the, the couple times that Ron lifts Vader off of his feet for the, the, suplex, the, uh, spine buster, which looks like the, 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 the proto dominator. <laughs> it just looked like he was too heavy to do the right way. So he's just like, damn. Um, and then the power slam, which wins the match, is an awesome-looking power slam. Even though Ron loses his grip on Vader at about, you know, about the 350 of the 450 turn for the power slam. <laughs> he loses his grip on <laughs> Was that before uh, or after the frog splash? Uh, it's both. <laughs> Everyone knows the 450 frog splash transcends Simon's face. Everything just stopped. Um, but it's just, I'm just pointing points like maybe three quarters of the way through, like his arms aren't on him. And then he grabs him back and it makes it look even better. Um, even during the replay, it's one of those where the replay doesn't give away the move. And as soon as that happens, like that crowd, it's like the ocean. It is loud. Yeah. And it, the, the one dude, there's like, I, I watched it again to try to people watch. And there's this guy who. He's not even, you don't see him the entire time. And he's just kind of creeping in from the left. And yeah. he gets in the frame right when the three count happens. And that dude jumps like seven feet. Are you talking about the kid? That's the kid. Yeah, it's the, uh, this guy. Yeah. Jumped, like, oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that kid. Yeah, man. This is, it's, 
it's an amazing reaction. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about the follow-up after when everyone gets their opinions as far as the immediate, like, in-ring follow-up. But, I, I I mean, you know, it it's one of those matches where the whole is greater than the sum or whatever. I've got taker talk. I can't talk right today. Um, <laughs> I can't I'm talk as, as good, I'm as, as, good as, I as I once was. And I'm right. I won't get fooled again. Yeah. Yep. As good as I once was, or something. <laughs> Meet the know. new what balls. this picture called anyway? What was this picture? <laughs> <laughs> My fellow American badass. That's what it's called. All right. Before we put the spaghetti in the machine, and anyone tell me what one of these Chewbacca things is? <laughs> you got Matt out reading for Obi Wan. I'm gonna take a dump in this thing. <laughs> Just to, to go back on our pre-record conversation, Billy D. Williams loved to, hey, Han, Leah, <laughs> my favorite, Chewbacca. It's Chewbacca. Billy, it's Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Wookiees hide out in our car. Well, sorry, Wookiees stick out in our crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been on this desert planet for 30 years waiting on Ron Simmons to win the World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> <laughs> we get the um, WWE network out here. It's amazing. I, I just get a new email once a month. I haven't had to pay for it. I've had it since day one. Imagine if WrestleMania was held at that at that area with uh, with the festival. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, what's your name? No, she wants to know what are the people that you come from. Wait, why are we asking so many fucking questions? Wait, what's your problem? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> talk to you. It's a little intrusive. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's it's very intrusive. Everybody's a little nosy in the Rise of Skywalker. Two people are like, no, wait, I don't care if your name's. Uh, who are you? Who are you with? What's your last name? We need to know this. Get the fuck out of here. I'm a Vincent Taker. I'm a numerator. Tell me your last name. I gotta tell you. This county's gonna need a hospital. <laughs> I'm the next movies for guys who like movies but didn't like this movie. <laughs> um, so Charlie, tell me, like, what are your thoughts, like, like, uh, you know, on? Do you think, I like, guess, what I want, what I really, what I wanted to ask you specifically was, like, do you think there's too many power moves early on by Ron Simmons to where, like, maybe you're wondering, like, you're not, it, maybe it takes away from. I'm just, this is devil's advocate a little bit. Do you think it takes away from the power slam in the end because you're like, dude, he fucking spine bustered him just a little while ago i like that ron simmons's whole offense seems to be strong grapples uh <laughs> long like a that, presses yeah long a presses because it, it, it's i actually think it benefits the match uh because you know it's like i don't want to see someone put vader in a wrist lock you know and <laughs> and and ron simmons seems like such a an like a long shot to win the world title at a house show. So I like the psychology of, I'm just going to hit him with every big move I have, uh, uh, you know, be damned if I get gassed. Uh, I don't think it takes away. I think it's a nice, I think it's a nice buildup. That spine buster is incredible. It yeah. actually looks like he completely lifted him on his own. Um, like to see s someone toss Vader around like that, that gets really something. I, I love the way Vader sells Ron Simmons's punches. Uh, he's he's selling him like like he's getting just hit in the head with a sledgehammer. 
you know, like it, it really does a good job of showing the power of Ron Simmons. And like Jason pointed out, it's really cool that Vader gets knocked out of the ring uh, yeah. pretty early. Uh, it's it, it shows that, oh, man, Ron Simmons could do this. Um, the crowd is raring to go, like right from the beginning of the match. And, and I did not know until a couple of days ago when, Will, you told me that Jim Ross recorded this commentary after the fact. Yeah, it's crazy. And that, that blew my mind because it is so seamless. So Joey Styles used to do this in ECW, and it never sounded this good. It sounds like JR's right there. His, his excitement almost matches the excitement in the crowd at the right spots. You know? Uh, like and it's, it's not I like there's be, this disconnect. I wouldn't be surprised if he was at the he saw the event live so he could really dial into the moments when he's watching him again later. You know what I mean? Like, cause sure. like I, it is, it's it, but it's like you said, like if you didn't know that your listeners like, man, that's like, he's right there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. The only reason I ask about the power moves is because it is weird that like, he basically like smokes Vader with like a ton of big power moves early on. So it's like, man, like he kind of dominates him. <laughs> it's kind of funny in a way. Cause like usually these matches go where like the big monster guy's going to really dominate for a while and then they finally they slip on the banana peel and then the, it, the baby face makes the comeback this is one of those great examples of a wcw match where uh one thing i like about wcw matches to a point is the unpredictability that that could happen like it's not like the face is in control for the first five minutes and then the heels in control for the next 10 and then they go for a finish uh yeah. where the where the it's not like that so there's this air of uh unpredictability to the pinfalls that's really cool like if i had been watching this for the first time as a kid i definitely would have thought the second rope splash that vader does was the finish yeah uh, i mean it it looks great it's if it's like that's a move no one's kicking out of and the response that ron simmons gets for that kick out is so great i mean just very cool and i love the spot with runs although it's kind of stupid but I do like it anyway. Ron Simmons doing a sunset flip to Vader. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, it's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's, it's like if a one, two, three kid tried it on Yokozuna, right? Uh, it's, it's just right. like, why would you do this? Or anyone who does a 10 count punch to Undertaker. Or, or if you know? Yokozuna tried to do it to Mae Young. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that classic encounter. <laughs> um, well, you don't powerbomb Billy Kidman either. No, you don't, don't power bomb Billy Kidman. Do don't do it. His, his, he's a very heavy 180 pounds. Yeah. He's got but. a 500 pound heart. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Ouch. Yeah. It, it beats once a month. <laughs> like you should probably see a doctor. Um, it's, it is absolutely one of my favorite finishes ever. Uh, because it reminds me of a finish I would do with action figures. Yeah. Um, like it's, it has an action figure finish kind of feel. And I, I like the, the one thing that's bizarre about it is it seems like Vader is a little hesitant to do it, to do the power bomb. Like, cause he, you know, cause he has to lift Ron completely over his head so he can land on his feet. And, and Vader just waits like just a little too long, I think, uh, in, in kind of driving the move home. Like, 
because you know it's one of those things where you take so long to do something it's like this is going to lead to something but that power slam is so cool looking how he basically like jason said in the 350 portion of the 450 uh (laughs) he kind of just lets vader go for a second yeah and and just kind of pushes him down with his hands and it looks so cool and the three count is phenomenal this is probably in my top 10 greatest moments in wcw history like it's it's such a it's one of the greatest feel-good moments in all of wrestling i i get i get chills every time i watch it and a big reason for that is that kid that uh jason pointed out that kid comes like way out of nowhere i think he's about halfway up the hard cam and he runs from his seat to the guardrail before the three count hits like the kid just books it and it's it's great. I don't think this is a ten, of course, but I, it's definitely a, a solid match. I, I've I've I watched it twice today. Like it has great rewatchability. I'm a big fan. Yeah, and I mean, like it, when it gets down to it, like the the finish works. Like it does. It it looks it looks kind of rugged. Looks kind of raw. But like at the same time, it's like the guy's over 400 pounds. I don't expect to have it be the most beautiful looking power slam in the world. I just want it to look like it would take take him out. So, yeah, it's because when I was going through and watching, I was like, okay, what are the different ways this thing could have gone? And, and, you know, of course, the the classic way is, well, you do Hulk Andre, where he goes to the body slam early, doesn't work, and his back hurts the rest of the match, right? That's a lot of times what happens when the small guy wrestles the big guy is that they, they try to do something. Obviously, they can't lift the guy. and But what's great is, like, from Jump Street, he gets that belly-to-back suplex, and it's like, oh, man, this thing's on. This is on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 neat just listening to if like just listening to the crowd as it goes through. If nothing else, and just kind of even tuning out Jim Ross for a second, and just listening to the crowd. The way the crowd is in on this, and I think this kind of does tie into like, and I think this is an interesting fork in the road. You can look at it one of two ways. Like, it's very savvy on the one end by Bill Watts. You book this in Baltimore. Baltimore has a very heavy African American demographic, very heavy population there. Of course, you, of course, this is a great setting for it. Would, you, would this work as well in Greenville? No. No, it wouldn't. But um, you also, like, I, and I don't know if this was a standard practice at the time, if they did this only so often or whatever, but when you only have the adults pay to get in, you have kids get in free, awesome. Great. That's that's a blast for a kid to be able to go to wrestling like that and, like, it doesn't doesn't break the bank necessarily for the family. That's great. So that's why that place is just so jammed and it's so loud. And then the fact that like they they do that switcheroo and they bring Simmons out as a surprise to face Vader, it's savvy. Now here's here's our, I want to see what you guys think. Like if on the one end it's savvy because like yeah it's an amazing cultural it is a cultural moment. I don't know like at the time I I. I do not remember at the time how big this was, if it got outside of wrestling. You know what I mean? Like if it if it reached a point where like, you know, you got people that are non-wrestling talking about it. I guess my question is, do you think this do you think this works the way they did it? Doing it at a house show that would be a TV taping, or do you think it should have been done a different way? Thinking, of course, you could probably still get the same pop, but do you think it's this was the best way to execute it? Uh I think so, because I was thinking during Charlie's review of it be, uh, about how 
it doesn't have one of the things that Charlie absolutely hates, which is bad officiating, because it was. Or, or I was going to say, Vader comes out with an Orioles cap and tries to get a. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I got to get him on my side. <laughs> Cal Ripken Jr. is under the Vader mask. I feel no pain, Gorils. <laughs> and then he starts doing the tomahawk chop for some reason. He just, oh, no. He, he has no idea where he is. <laughs> uh, I, I, I only know Tom Selleck for baseball. I've been in Japan for Deep uh, cut, folks. Anyway. But there's no bad, like there's no over ref acting because it was a house show. I think if this was was a TV match, there would be some form of ref shenanigans, and it kind of I think that would take away from it. Um, so I mean, for me, it works. I mean, cool. I, it's also this is still you know this is also kind of early '90s, so house shows were a thing. Like you weren't you weren't expecting weekly pay-per-view quality TV shows because of Raw and Nitro. So things like that would happen at house shows. You just see people suddenly have different belts. So I don't know if you get the world title flipping though. That's what's wild about it. Is like and and I'm still wondering if this was a mindset back then of like, okay, if we do this at a house show, does that mean then that everyone's gonna excited to come to house shows because they're like, look at what they can do at a house show. They may flip a title. And then, of course, if it's on TV and it's on, I don't know if this, I forget how this was broadcast, if this, what show this ended up on, on WCW Weekly Programming. But it's like, dude, you got to watch a TV show. Why? They flipped the belt. Somebody won the world title on TV this week, which, go ahead. Oh, I was go just, just going to say, well, the only one I can think of, uh, well, I can think of two. I remember one time going to a house show and there was a title flip, but it was like a TV title or a U.S. title. And I was like, wow, you never see that. But then on the very next Nitro, the title was back on the other guy. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Is that Benoit won the TV. Benoit won the yes. TV title. Booker T. Yes, that was it. And I remember just being stunned as a kid because I'm like, this never happens on, on these <clears> types of shows. Now, the only other minute. one I can think of is Diesel. Yes. Diesel beat... Yeah, he beat Bob Backlund at Madison Square Garden at a house show, and always, which that's not a, it's not a huge deal because the match was only eight seconds, uh, and they aired it on the following Raw like really quick. But it was always still like, wow, the longest reigning champion of the '90s won at a house show. And yeah, which, and, I, and and that's why I wonder, like, do they do this because they they think like it will bump up house shows because people are gonna want to come see potentially possibly. something happen? Yeah. And the funny thing is, it doesn't really work. Like, obviously, 90, 95 is not like is, is, and I'm not even talking about the content. Like, the, you know, the content is is judged the way it's judged by a variety of different people in podcasts, but the business is not very good in '95. So that's why, like, I I I was wondering if if the if the houses were the same after this, if there was any real fluctuation in the houses after Simmons won the belt, at least initially, to where people were like, "Well, dude, like, hey, Dad, we gotta go, we gotta go to the wrestling match." Well, why? Because they Simmons just won the world title, so maybe somebody else won a title. I don't know. I I mean, it's it. I remember back in the day, like you know, when people would tell me about like, "Oh yeah, the house shows were the thing. Like the TV was just a way to boost the house shows." And that's it. Like that was the whole thing was getting those shows in the middle of the week versus those TV ones. You would see those are the ones you wanted to jam pack. Now, obviously, by the end of the decade, 
that's a, it's a whole different it's a completely different business at that point i, I was just wondering like as in my mind i'm thinking what if they had slow they had slow burn this like i mean charlie you and i talked about like the best thing they could have done was have simmons come out at the end of great american bash and do a standoff with vader and it gets you pumped for that feud in the future so it would have been like wow okay so what if we had what if we'd had them lock horns at halloween havoc and it would be so neat because for a couple of reasons one it'd be one year after ron simmons got so close to winning it just to fall short and again he's up against a guy that's with harley race Hey, this is the franchise, Shane Douglas, and you're listening to The New World Rising. <laughs> yeah! That's what I was thinking, like, that's the alternative. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it comes off any better. This is kind of a perfect moment, not a perfect match, but a perfect moment. But just yeah. think about the alternative. I, uh, I wish this had been on a pay-per-view. I, I, I really do, but I don't think I would trade it in hindsight simply because it wouldn't have been in this building. Uh, this is one of those matches like Hogan and Rock at 18 where a big reason why it's so successful is because of the crowd. Uh, because I and, and we've seen enough shows from this season to, to see that the crowd isn't always good. You know, like they're not reacting at the right time. Like they don't get super excited uh, over anyone seemingly other than sting uh it sucks that this isn't that this wasn't broadcast on television and but but honestly that's the only problem with it uh like this would have been a really interesting storyline had this been broadcast on television where sting is supposed to fight vader jake roberts makes his debut jake roberts one of the biggest wrestling stars of all time makes his debut at a house show like it feels like the only thing they forgot was a camera and, and a live feed you know, because yeah. it's like, who makes a debut at a house show? And so on that level, no, I, w- I wouldn't trade it uh, simply because really, it really just comes down to that kid. <laughs> like, like that, uh, that kid is just phenomenal. Um, I think what's interesting now, though, is what the follow up to this, because I mean, it's uh, give you a quick spoiler here. And I actually was incorrect. I told you guys who he was wrestling. I was wrong. It's actually somebody else uh, at. Um, Clash of Champions 20 is our next is the next pay-per-view or, or next show. Next show we'll be doing for season five. He's taking on Cactus Jack. For the belt? And, yeah. Ooh. And I'm like, and it's interesting because it's like, okay, so I want this is the thing about I, I often think about with with guys like Watts, and then even like what we saw last year with Kofi. It's like, cool, this is a moment. It's a great moment. What do you have planned after? And then that's when these that's when everything kind of comes apart because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of good planning. And it's because it's weird. Like you have Sting, like you know, he's he's trying to get back at Vader. He gets injured by Jake, so now they're gonna go off and feud. We'll see what Vader does here for a little bit. But it's like it it's like they almost don't leave anybody for Ron to feud with. And it's like, no, we need somebody to feud with Ron. That's really good. It'll help bump him up. Yeah, it probably should have been Vader at Clash, uh, just to have put that match on on a legit show. Like, when, if you YouTube Ron Simmons versus Vader, of course this match is the first one to come up. But there there are other matches. Yeah. So yeah. it's like so, so they did meet up a couple of times. I'm just excited that we get to, because I didn't know that he was defending at Clash, that we get to see Ron Simmons defend the title. 
Yeah. Like like that that that'd be really cool to see. Yeah. It's just a bummer that like from uh, from all accounts cuz I I remember a few years back talking with Mooneyham. I was like, "Mooneyham, what happened with this? Like why didn't this last time?" He's like, "The houses just weren't good. They weren't good." It, it was not a draw for him. And I often wonder, like, it's, I mean, Ron Simmons brings an impressive skill set. Is he great on the mic? No, but like, let's face it. How many guys are really great on the mic? There's not a lot. There are a couple guys that do some good work. Repo Man at 92 Rumble, fantastic promo. Yes. That's <laughs> a great promo. But not everybody's that that gifted at. So, I mean, I'm not going to say, I'll go because of Ron Simmons' promo skills. They Nobody wanted to come see him. It's like, no, it's just maybe it's like the, the, the plan wasn't all that well crafted to where it's like let's put some let's put some badass heels up against this guy to really build him up we'll see though we'll see how it actually well I, i'll be curious to see how that clash match goes um it's definitely unfortunately it's not the it's not the main event it's of like tucked in the, it's tucked in the middle of the card i'm like oh man it what's feels the main like event the main event let me pull it up here real quick i'll tell you because i had it just for a moment here yeah, because on paper that sounds good enough to be a main event. Oh, oh, yeah. well, 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 beat like Cactus Jack, the man who ignores pain, and yeah. is an unstoppable machine sometimes, unless I, you're I guess, Van Hammer. Well, he's the Dallas greatest here. football player of all time. Yeah. <laughs> here, here, here you go. Here's here's why it's not the main event. It's an elimination eight-man tag match. Big Van Vader, Jake Roberts, Rick Rude, the Super Invader, taking on. <laughs> One of these things is not like the right. other. <laughs> Taking on Nikita Koloff, Sting, and the Steiner Brothers. Oh, my God. Oh. If it wasn't for Super Invader, that would be awesome. <laughs> I know it's Super well, Invader. Well, who's playing Super Invader this time? Is it still Hercules? <laughs> look. That's not sweetening the pot. I know. No. <laughs> I was just like, wow, Jake. They, got, they just threw – they put everybody in there. They needed the – everyone had to get a paycheck. Yeah, that's – Based on the matches. number of matches, because there's only and those clashes are not super long. They're not like like an they, hour and a half, right? There's only five matches on the card, so you know that thing's going like thirty. Is that an elimination match? Yes, yep. elimination eight man tag. That could take an hour. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, the really super invader is out within ten. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good card. The first match is for the. TV title at Steve Austin versus Ricky Steamboat. Oh hell yeah! No now disqualifications. That's, now that's a great feud. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, that's one of those matches I'm looking forward to because our our season finale is one of my favorite encounters of Steve Austin, and it's his match with Steamboat. Yeah. So yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah, and then another tag. Here's a weird tag. Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes versus Butch Reed and the Barbarian. You know why Butch Reed's there? I mean, you know exactly where that's headed. He's going to have to have a match with Ron. That's just... Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because if you know that that last one went so well. The Doom (laughs) explodes. Oh, my God. (laughs) You got Teddy Long kind of turning, doing that little teasing Miss Elizabeth pose, holding them both back. Oh God! Wait a minute. So, uh, so Ron Simmons picks up Teddy Long and runs him to the back. He just, <laughs> we, we need a doctor. Gonna need some help back here. <laughs> Butch Reed actually, Ron Simmons leaves his hand on his buttocks a little too long. He's on Butch Reed's shoulder. 
You got lust in your eyes, Simmons. <laughs> Thirty oh my plus God. years later, there'll be a, a Dark Side of the Ring, Ron Simmons, Butch Reed, and Teddy Long, the triangle that shouldn't have been. <laughs> somehow Hulk Hogan's wife, ex-wife will be there. Teddy Long was in our hotel room in Florida, and he just kept going and visiting some other guy. And every time Butch Reed would call, I'd say, oh, he's in the bathroom. <laughs> Bradshaw play the part of Lanny Poffo. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, that'll uh, be that. That's gonna be a fun. That that'll be a fun show to watch. That's what's the clashes are the things I look forward to the most because like, you know, I, I when I always think about the purpose of a clash, it's like this is the time where you really you're gonna find your new fans. Hopefully on cable, like they're flipping through. That's why Jim Ross, like they, you can geez, tell man. by like, yeah. Eat. Yeah. Yeah, the first WCW show I ever saw was a clash. Yeah. Uh so yeah, and that and that's what got me hooked. And you can tell by the commentary, like they always act like they're introducing it for like the very first time. Like it's, and that's and it's cool. Like it's it, it's actually really good in that respect. Remember I mean I forget which clash it was where it felt like there were like twelve matches, like they were like, All right, here oh. we go again and it's all over. <laughs> yeah, each match was like three or four minutes. You're like, Oh god. Here's our roster. Find someone to root for. Right. Exactly. But you guys got anything else for this thing with Ron here? No. This thing with Ron. This thing with old thing Ron. With Ron here? What's it? Yeah, like the tagline for Captain Ron? It's this thing with Ron here. <laughs> it's a cool moment. I mean, it really is just an unbelievable moment. It's probably like the the best single moment of our season, probably. I mean, I'm. I know there's still plenty of ground for us to cover, but I just don't know if anything's that, as you said, Charlie, that feel good as that moment. Yeah, and with Jim Ross's commentary on top of it, Simmons has won the title. Like, like, uh, it's, it's, it's such a great one-man commentary performance, uh, and it's, it's Jim Ross like at his finest. Yeah, love it, love it. It's a perfect. You mean to tell? You mean to tell? Perfect day. You mean to tell me this doesn't? This has more overwhelming emotional impact than Sting and Nikita Koloff hugging. In the <laughs> oh yeah, Wrestle War. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey guy, yeah. I've just decided to make you on our team, but I don't know if I can trust you yet until we embrace <laughs> in the cage. Now you will. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Jason, I think you. I think earlier you wanted. Did you want to talk about the wrestlers who come in the ring afterwards? That's okay. So it's Ron Simmons wins, and it's within a few seconds. There's Billman, Z-Man, Barry Windham, Dustin, and Van Hammer. <laughs> yeah, Van Hammer. <laughs> And, and it's like, and it's not, the only reason I'm calling Van Hammer out is because the rest of them, like, are are hugging him and, and like, Dustin, like, you know, have this thing embraced. Brian Pillman, for some reason, keeps rubbing the champ, the title on Ron Simmons like it's his Buddha belly. Um, and Van Hammer just grabs his head in, like, this weird lock and is, like, trying to just if, if ham it up and, like, or hammer it up. I don't know, but it's just like that's right. Everyone's favorite heavy metal artist 
fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> but oh god, just the uh, the I, like and Jim Roscoe's and all his friends. <laughs> but none of those like. All his white friends. I know, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I was trying to tiptoe around it. (laughs) It That's what I'm here for, Jason. I call it in the ring. I just want to see Jason tiptoe, period. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not Greg Bloomberg. I'm not dying for no reason over here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the, uh, the, the, the thing is, like, it would have been kind of neat and and really in, in the moment if no one knew like if teddy long would have ran out and hugged him you know even like it's still like you could still be upset but like if you to really hammer in the gravity of the situation and the emotion um and also when they cut like we were talking will about the the fans reactions and stuff in the shots and when i went back and really it was like watching it to watch that i was like man there certainly are a lot of white women <laughs> for Ron Simmons when he's winning. Because they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you would have thought it was a Rick Rude intro, the way they were going. Um, <laughs> there you go. Thank you. But it, uh, it, it's just, you know, it really, it does, it makes something stand out that, that there weren't any other African-American faces at all. Yeah, give me the black face. scorpion shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, I just keep imagining you saw you said I know you watched last dance. You remember that Pacers fan, that lady who's just like like out of her oh, mind. Oh, that nutcase! <laughs> the Fuck the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the fans from Forget Paris. Yeah, like like this one's like you fucking asshole. Yeah, like, how could you ever get into sports this hard? Like I I, I just I just don't understand it. You know. I haven't watched The Last Dash yet, but I hear Sandman's in it, in the locker room during like the champ, the Game Six Championship celebration. Wait a minute. I'm kind of man. Yeah. The Sandman. The Sandman. Yeah. What? I I don't. The locker room for some. There's pictures online. Uh, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio and Jerry Seinfeld are back there, but. Uh, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Jerry Seinfeld. Film. And the Sandman. <laughs> well, it's one of the best parts of the doc. Coming like, up next what? on TBS. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like, Michael, what did you do last night? Oh, man, I went and saw the man in the iron mask. <laughs> and I really hated it. That's made me, I don't feel too good. I'm a big Three Musketeers fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like Charlie Sheen. I love Oliver Platt. Yeah, Oliver Platt. Go, King, go. Yeah, I, what's funny is you look at the Baltimore crowd and it's so like it, it's so happy. It what's funny is you want to see the direct opposite. Go look at the Utah crowd after Jordan drains that shot. They're all just like, Damn oh, it's it. it's great. It's Damn it's it. it's so satisfying. Uh, did you see that? Uh, in, okay. <laughs> did you see that interview uh, that they posted this morning of Carl Malone talking about Michael Jordan? Because it's like you know they keep talking about it, but he's never in the dock. Right, and right. they they they'd interviewed him a year ago, and he's got like this this Uncle Ben beard, and uh, he's he's got a cigar, and man, and he just God, he just he doesn't come off the way he comes off in the dock, like when he went on the bus and shook Michael's hand. Uh, he he sounds bitter. Yeah, um, all I'm gonna say is probably go look up some stuff. It, it's not great about Carl. 
Not oh, 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 just say stuff. it. Just say it. Yeah, because, man, no, I only I mean, learned that like a month ago. I mean, it's, I mean, because, well, part of it is like, I, I need I need to go research it because you know this at the same time like I want to make sure I've got the whole story you know what I mean because I, I hate I, I hate speaking in half truths like just because something pops up on Twitter because there was so much stuff popping up during Last Dance and a lot of it was like why isn't Carl Malone in here and then people started chiming in like you know and they were repeating oh. a lot of the same stuff and it was like okay kind of makes some sense um, then again I, I the I don't know I I don't know like after. I know he tried to go with the Lakers, and then after he retired, it's like he kind of vanished from the limelight a little bit. And I guess that's you know, some of this other stuff happened. I don't know. So it's safe to say he's not going into the WWE Hall of Fame. That's why I was in shock that he wasn't in that 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 Rodman doc. Right. I wasn't yeah, because I think that. that's when I found out about his past because it was it was so glaring that he wasn't in that in that little WWE Network doc right. that I looked it up and I was like, oh. Wait, 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 wait. What? What? So wait, Malone's not in that at all. The man with the worst limp arm clothesline I've ever seen is not in the Dennis Rodman doc on the WWE Network. He's not interviewed. Is 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 that what he's you mean? Just not, yeah, he's just not interviewed. That's. Insane, because that's like one of the biggest mainstream matches ever. Yeah, and it's it's actually so big that they talk about it on Last Dance. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, more uh, throwing wrestling under the bus is always fun. I love when they. I, yeah, I, I don't, don't you? I I love Costas is just like just his ire. He, well, he hates watched. Vince McMahon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what's funny is like this is like years before the the XFL thing. Where he just right. slap him around and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pal. <laughs> this looks fake to you. This looks fake. <laughs> Let's make a talk about it. We'll call Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> you don't own that, Vince. I don't. I'm going to buy the Vice Channel. <laughs> All they have is reruns of Dark Side of the Ring and shows about weed etiquette. Get out of here. <laughs> Well, I think we've I I think we have reached the end of our content. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how we got here. How did we get here? Oh well, man, really, we were born. <laughs> what is life? That's right. And then they drew like the three guys who were supposed to do the podcast got hurt, so they drew all our names out of a bag, and now we're here in Baltimore, winning the World Heavyweight Championship. What we didn't rank eat with a starship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cybok. I'm Spock's other sibling that some reason is not talked about. Like his adopted sister, Michael. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I just realized my movie That's has my a favorite. problem. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I have found a plot hole. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. I had to go. Uh, well, guys, we will be coming back with uh, Clash 20. We'll be coming. Uh, we'll be coming after this and then we'll be going on a run of some season five stuff we'll be coming back in the perfect tens but it's nice to kind of put them on ice for a bit we i don't it, it cannot become who wants to be a millionaire who wants to be a millionaire was awesome you know what it was like when it was like on for a week and then it was gone for a while but then it became it was on every week and it was like eh, i don't care as much because it's always there you know yeah so, they ran it into the ground yeah yeah, yeah and then Started, the maximum prize was five hundred thousand dollars, but it was still called "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" because you had to mm. win twice. Yeah, that's that. Do you remember how big? Do you remember how big the weakest link used to be? Yeah, there you go. 
That show wow. was huge. Do you remember the WWF episode of The Weakest Link? Oh, that there were two WWF. Oh, that's right. There were two. Yeah. All there was the one Kane dominated, and there was the one that Austin dominated because he said bank after every right answer someone got. <laughs> Right. Right. That's, that's a very right. good strategy. Right. And we, for years, this is before I really started investigating Canadian culture, but me and my friends would make fun of, we would go, because uh, there was a question about Thanksgiving and what I was, what holiday is in October? And Booker T said Thanksgiving. And we'd all make <laughs> until we learned that there is a Canadian Thanksgiving that's in October. That's true. That's true. It was like, Booker T should have went, the Canadian dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there will be more perfect tens in the future, and we're just gonna keep trying to raise the raise the quality with them. They're fun to do, and it's just fun to re really try and do new things with them as well. We're gonna have another announcement. So they'll be coming out down the road and everything. So we've got all we're really thinking about the pod, thinking about new things to do with the pod, and just make it uh, as uh, as much fun as possible from the season five that we're in. But in the meantime, please continue to follow us on Twitter at New Blood Pod. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. Hey, please, hey, you want to do something cool? Leave a review. That'd be cool because you know what? If you do, if you drop one of those five stars and you write something about us, even if we suck, we'll read it. Sure. Let's read it on the air. It'll be fun. So, you know, if you want to talk about your best of luck spot, best of luck spot moments of your life or whatever, so type it up there. We'll, we'll read it. It'll be fine. Bank. That's right. We'll call them the 450 Frog Fast Five Star Reviews. <laughs> there it is. That's what it is. Perfect. So um, you can also you can I I am I am on Twitter though at William Rankin 83. I am the Jason Kiesler. And I am at CM underscore Staps. We'll see you guys again for Clash of the Champions 20. Kick out! Kick out, Cactus! Goodbye, my friend. That's the goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're gonna be missed, Cactus. Godspeed, Mick Foley.